To Rainbow Beach, to the Switch, and everything in between. I'm gonna have fun, and you're gonna have fun. They're a funny day. Go and have fun now. Your new local. You're gonna love this place. It's the Rush Hour with Liesl Jones, Liam, and Dobbo. Happy Monday, podcast family. Triple M's Rush Hour with Liesl Jones, Liam, and Dobbo, and producer Corn. Hello. 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 Frank Walker from National Tiles. <laughs> we got to congratulate this bloke. He made his cricketing debut on Saturday, and I, I don't know if you guys saw it, but I was a, I had a lot of pleasure when I saw the photo that he posted on Instagram of Con just there with a helmet on, ready to make his debut. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very and, much. And, and on the debut. Ha, yeah. How many runs and how do we go? Firstly, what team are you playing for? I play for Kufru Cricket Club in uh, their C4 team, which is uh, their fourth highest team. How many numbers does it go through each letter? Is it A, Uh, (laughs) 1 to 10, B, 1 to 10? (laughs) Yeah, there's four teams. Um, (laughs) It's A1, B1, C1, and then for some reason uh, C4. Right. Okay. I'm confused, but okay. okay. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, okay. So, so you're in the lowest team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is fine. I'm happy okay. to start. They call that the social team. You're playing in yes. the social team. And you were debuting. You, you, Mainly you. dads and lads. Right. Dads and right. lads. So you debuted this weekend for Cooperoo. Yeah, I did. That's right. And obviously the captain won the toss or he lost no, the toss? No, we lost the toss. It was against the Brisbane Saints. Uh, we lost the toss. They elected to bowl first. Okay, so you're in. So, so we're, we're batting. batting. Batting lineup comes out. Where where are you on the team sheet? N- number 10. 10? Right, yeah. You're down the order. Right. Yeah, yeah, down the order. More of a bowler myself, right. okay. it, it turns out. So you're a bit um, of a Davey Warner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's definitely an opener. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so so you've you've... Travis Head and Dave Warner, they go together, don't they? They usually open. Yeah. Mm. So you, you've come in at number 10. Mm-hmm. How, what's and, the status hoping, of the innings? Uh, yeah, what, yeah where, where, you guys, were they hoping Paint the tail picture for us, Tom. Yeah, so um, it, it, was, it wasn't, uh, I don't think, the ideal start. Um, one of our openers got bowled pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, our other opener, Macca. Um, who is a, a school head teacher? I mean, he, you don't have to give really us all well. the information. Just, um, <laughs> is he married with children? Or yeah, he is actually. It's my fault. I asked him for too much information, so, and now we're getting yeah, the back. He took ten every... years off cricket okay. to raise how many children. Runs, okay, how many runs till till the number tenth batsman had to come in? Uh, oh, gosh, I, I must have come in around the seventy mark. I think Ooh. nine. You're nine down for seventy. 70. Wow. May, oh, maybe actually no. Maybe maybe more ninety. Sorry. All right. But the point is, either yeah. way, it's a tough Saturday. Yeah. It's yeah, a, yeah. It's been a very tough Saturday, and then they're hoping on debut the tail wag. This Englishman. Yeah. Who yeah. comes with high hopes? The land of the Duke. The county cricketer. Mm. Um. So you go out there, out there, you take the selfie, which is very unlike you to take a selfie. Yeah, that's true. And actually. post. And so. Can I just check? Because last time we checked, you didn't own a box or a bat or a helmet. He still doesn't own anything. I uh, got, got most of it. Uh, the bits I was missing was the fire pad, the, the bat and the helmet. Right. Uh, do you own so, pads now? Yeah, yeah, I own pads. Okay. Do you, you own didn't gloves? borrow a box, did you? I own gloves. No, you I own don't a box. Share. I, own a, uh, I own a box. Okay. Um, wrote, wrote your name on the inside just so it doesn't get mixed up? <laughs> no, I haven't. Where did you get your pads from? Okay. Um, I got them from, I think, a place called SJ Sport in Woolloongabba. Shout which out was SJ so Sport. so friendly. And it 
so friendly. Okay, uh, good work. Okay, I'll right. show you there. Right. So you take center? Uh, yep. Um, Let the first one go. Oh, gosh. I think I hit the first one, and that led to my first run. Yay! So you first raised the bat. Am I right in saying the reports yeah. are you raised the bat after one run? <laughs> there was a big cheer from the pavilion. Mm. Um, so uh, I did raise the bat. Um, Which is much. traditionally something reserved for, you know, milestones at the Hundreds or 200. <laughs> or... Well, that is a milestone, my first run. Of sorts, it yeah, is, sure. Yeah. Um, okay. right. Good on you. Uh, and then, as obviously, my main job was keeping uh, Connor. That I think he's fourteen. Um, my batting partner. <laughs> you want to keep him, him on strike? On strike. Okay, yeah. so how long he's very you, good though. That's, how long did you keep him on strike? This is the tail wagging. How long did you keep him on strike? About three overs. Right. I was out there. Okay. Okay. Just quickly. How old is he? Fourteen. He's fourteen. Aww. He's just he's had his play, birthday. He's playing C grade. He's just coming in. He, he is 15, a cricketer. Sorry. Connor is a cricketer. How old are you again? I'm uh, 30. Right, okay. What were you and, just take me inside the chat in between overs. What were you and Connor doing? He was, about? you know, explaining the rules. Uh, <laughs> oh, my <laughs> a God. A lot of that. He, he was so good because he, he had to take the leadership role uh, very much. <laughs> Funny <on>. that. <laughs> Funny that. Um, he was awesome. He, he really made the uh, experience oh, great for me. Yeah, there's a, so a few, um, a few bad yeah. calls by me rerunning. Like what? Yeah, okay. So I had to slide into. Um, <laughs> he nearly ran himself out. I just <gasps> back. yeah. I had to see. You see that? I got an <laughs> oh. injury. I'd slide in. Okay, Con, okay. You can't say it. Gone is showing us the world's most pathetic like little grace. It's like a cat's grace. Okay, so can I ask <laughs> this? Finally, Connor can't run two runs, and he gets trapped after a single and leads you to have to face the strike, strike again. Yeah, and this was um, a bowler who I, I reckon was pushing 70, a right. spin bowler. Um, Not, you, don't, you don't mean like kilometres an hour. You no. mean age. <laughs> age, yeah. I think and he so. was bowling again, apologies spin. If it, yeah, he was bowling spin. Stop. <laughs> Stop. What is this league that it's a geriatric bowling? I love a there's a minor down the non-strikers in, and there's an Englishman who's never played a competitive game in his life. And I reckon he's tossed up after fruit. one run. He's tossed up some fruit to Con. Con, you put the foot to the ball and park it. That's as simple as that. When yeah, you... it just disappeared underneath my bat, and uh, what yeah, I just I heard the noise. I got bowled. Death <laughs> rattle. Oh dear. Yeah. And did they go? And that was you literally. That was the end team's the innings. innings, end of the innings. Uh, no, no, Fitz came out, uh, 11th Fitz. man. Fitz, yeah, yeah Fitz. he's the president. Fitz, a uh, 96-year-old retiree as well? No, or... he's uh, he's been at the club 25 years, right. I think. Yeah. He's the yeah. president. Okay. Um, his son... Uh, his son, Jack, was also on the team. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. Again, my mistake for showing interest. I apologise. <laughs> okay. So what happens now? I mean... Well, we we um we do, we do fall quite quickly after that, so we're out <laughs> out to field, and we fielded quite well. I yeah. I did some fielding. Right. Um, did you I get a bowl? Did, I didn't get to bowl. No. Oh, um, well, they got the run chase quick. They got to the runs. Um. I yeah, I don't know. Just no one asked me to bowl. Oh. That's oh. fine. That's fine. And that's your strength. And did Let the dads and lads get the third man? Did the dads and lads get the He's third man from oh, both ends. Oh, you weren't being sent fine leg to fine leg, were you? <laughs> yeah, oh no. <laughs> You put the bloke always there. I saved a, I saved a boundary at Did one you? point. Oh, it may you. have crossed the boundary, but no one else did. Did you get a graze? Did you get a little uh, graze when you did I, that I was a bit all over the well floor. Done. Did the dads and lads win? Um, well, it's a two-day game, so oh, uh, day God. two will be next Saturday, but I can't be there. So. Oh, so, hold on, you have to be there. No, I can't. They're, they're going to get someone else. 
This has got to be the most shambolic cricket league I've ever heard of in my life. Con would be the I'd hate to play with Con because you can't, if you commit, come rain, hail or shine, you turn up. Well, Con, I mean, one run though. You've got an average. Thank you. You officially have an average. Yeah, I'm thrilled. It's below average, but it's an average. (laughs) Thank you, Liam. You come back for two and Australia win the World Cup for the sixth time and in front of 120,000 people. And have you ever heard 120,000 people make less noise than early in the hours of this morning in India when Australia, as you heard there, winning the ODI World Cup? Unbelievable. It was an incredible performance. It it, it certainly was. And there were some brave, brave decisions made from the very beginning. Uh, Brad Haddon from Triple M's Willow Talk joins us. Had's uh, unbelievable. We've had so much success in the short game, in the 50-over game, but for Pat Cummins to win the toss and elect a bowl first, to me, that's the bravest decision of any Australian captain in any final that we've ever had before. Yeah, it was a brave decision. Uh, if you look at how Australia have had success in past finals, it's get runs on the board and then strangle the opposition. But I think this tournament's been the, the making of Paddy Cummins' leadership. We, we know he's been a, a good leader of men off the field, but his legacy piece that he'll leave now with, his tactical nous and his aggressive decisions, like the ones in the semi-finals, to the way they bowled and their field, that's all off the back of his leadership. But to win the toss and send India in in a final, mate, that, that's brave, and, and I'm glad he got the result. Hads, I know Australia loves being an underdog, but this has to be one for all time, right? This has to be one of Australia's greatest underdog wins of all time. Yeah, if you look through the, the series, it's hard to fault anything that India did. That They were flawless in every decision they made. Uh, they were handling the pressure of the, the big event to, until it counted. Australia started the tournament slow, then they gradually built in. And, and the one thing we've done for many a year is understand tournament play. And, and the way this team played in the semi-final to, to get over South Africa and in the end to, to get over India was, was nothing short of extraordinary. So they peaked at the right time and it was great to watch. I've never heard a crowd louder than when David Warner got out, and I've never heard 120,000 people so quiet when Glenn Maxwell hit the winning run. The tactical way that this Australian side went about it, I think I read this morning, 16 bowling changes, so they never let an Indian cricketer or batsman stay comfortable, and that was one of the secrets early on when they went to work, um, and they were scoring freely. Pat Cummins just made the change after change after change, and I mean... An unbelievable catch by Travis Head, but there was just some quality bowling throughout, and that was the cornerstone of it, that keeping India to such a low total. I agree. I, I thought that the tactical decisions were, were first class. I, I think the turning point in the game was that catch to, to Travis Head. Uh, one, the athleticism he showed to, to be able to run back, dive and take that unbelievable, catch in, wasn't it? in a pressure situation, but also then to strangle the game. That, that Australia went after the, the Indian batters with short balls. At, at one stage, they used one over at a time spell just to break the rhythm of the game. So it was really well planned from the, the backroom staff, but also brave enough for Paddy to execute those plans on, on the big stage. Ads, the Indians not being there for the trophy presentation. There's a bit of disagreement in this studio, which we're going to explore very shortly. But what did you make of it? Do you think it was they should have stayed on the field for Australia to receive the trophy? We always do. You, you always stay there. And, and you can use that as motivation um, at times. You, you just watch them get the trophy, then then you put your tail between your legs and, and walk away. Um, that, that's how um, we've been brought up back back here in Australia. Take your medicine, 
Australia were too good. India had a fantastic tournament all across the park except the our final hurdle. But, yeah, I, I think you should stay there and watch them get the trophy and then you can take off and, and let the Aussies celebrate. Mm, there you go. I saw a wonderful post from a mate about this team, which I it surprised me because they have been on tour since May. And in that time, yep. they've won the World Test Championship. They've retained the Ashes in England. And now they've gone on to beat India in India in a World Cup final. I mean, Hads, where will this team go down uh, in the annals of great Aussie teams? If you look through the, the six um, World Cups we've won, this team's got to be in a conversation of, of, of the fight that they showed. They, they, they weren't playing great cricket at the start of the tournament. That Their first two games against India and South Africa lacked a bit of energy and intent, but once they got their rhythm and got back into the tournament, their last seven to eight games were first class. And to peak in the final the way they did, off the back of some really aggressive fielding and creating an uncomfortable environment for the opposition, it shows they've got great character. So, yeah, they're they're up there with the best World Cup teams we've had. I imagine you're a little bit sleepy, given that you stayed up to all hours watching this. So we'll let you go off and, and, and hit the pillow and, and get some much-needed sleep in. And we'll look forward to hearing more from you on Triple M Willow Talk. And uh, in about 15 minutes' time, we have got a very big-name guest set to join us. Second lesson, I stole the car at the lights. Didn't quite get the biting point. Chugga chug car stopped. A guy in a BMW behind me, like a half a second later, just goes, For 17, I might have fallen apart. At 34, you have a bedrock of confidence that's built up over the years. I didn't panic. I calmly put on the handbrake got out of the car. <laughs> Walked back to the man in the BMW and went, eh, is there a problem here, champ, is there? <laughs> and you went, oh, I was just thinking that you hadn't quite left from the light. Whoa, you're a lot bigger than I was expecting you to be. Irish comedic superstar Dara O'Brien, he's performing in Brisbane tonight and he's going to join us in studio 15 minutes from now. Yeah, I'm looking forward to meeting him. Um, it'd be fair to say that when we leave here on a Friday night, Generally, as a rule, we all go our own separate ways and we don't contact each other over the weekend. Come no, we've Monday had enough morning, of each other by Friday. Come Monday morning, we're back on the group chat. That's just how it works. Our holidays, we all scatter to the wind. It works for us. It does. So you wouldn't believe the shock that I had when my phone started ringing about 4.30 yesterday afternoon and it was a FaceTime from one Liam Flanagan yesterday afternoon. That I was like, fear in me. Something's well, wrong. I'm like, he's run into a footballer or somebody I know oh. on the coast and he's there going, hey, we'll FaceTime him. That's all well and good. Now, I'll go back a little bit. Around maybe 12 months ago, I lent Liam a set of golf clubs. He Is this the about... same set he's been trying to give back for ages? Well, he says that, <laughs> Liesl. He says he tries to give them back, but we've never actually seen them here. Yeah, they've I been mu- in here. I must I've... bring you – that was because he I'll had to play. That's because he wanted him. to play. Yeah, that's because he wanted <laughs> to play with them. He's never actually said, hey – I have I'll... had your se- a spare set of your golf clubs for about six months. Right. So then l- yesterday he opens – I open my FaceTime and I'm like, what's up? And he's holding my six iron <gasps> – he, no, sorry. I'll, I'll say, he goes, do you want the good news or the bad news? I said, oh, I want the bad news. I always want the worst news. We can work. And he goes, You're, the head of your six iron <laughs> is out on the driving range. <laughs> I said, what's the good news? He said, oh, I'm hitting your hybrid clubs very well, but have a look at, <laughs> have a look at this. And he has snapped 
my six iron, mm. my my, my mm. clubs, yeah. he snapped it. Literally, I don't know how he's done it. I, I suspect he's hit the mat with the with the club. I, oh. I, that's what my gut says, although there's been constant denials about that. But it got me leading to not a, I'll, I'll replace it, mate, um, not, mate, I'm sorry, he just started laughing, oh. and he started laughing, so I started yes, laughing. So there was rude. not a, I'm a sorry, there was nothing. It was just like, I'm like, okay, uh, he's broken my gear, and he doesn't even want to replace it. I, no, no, well, just let, I just wanted to, you're right, I snapped your six iron, the head of which, I'm still waiting for a call from KDV driving range, KDV sports driving range, uh, Carrara there, I'm waiting for a call, they said, because I had to file it as lost property. <laughs> I'm like, it's not lost. It's just out there. I can see it. They're like, well, you can't go into the range to get it. We'll call you when they've collected it. They haven't called yet. Just to be clear, do you expect me to fix it? Well, I would think if you were borrowing something okay. and you break something okay. that you borrow, well, see, now isn't, I, that, isn't that normally, wouldn't I, I you would say? I would say you need to replace okay. that. Okay. Now I know the parameters. I fully expect. <laughs> the fact that he doesn't even know that I've parameter. Really... It's like, you know what? <laughs> You this is your worst you nightmare. This is your worst nightmare, nightmare of lending gear or borrowing gear off friends. This is mm-hmm. a prime example why, as a rule, you should not lend gear. It's like I borrowed my brother's car. He had a car called the Pumpkin. <laughs> I'd come back from the territory. It was a it was a Corona, 1976 Corona. It was pumpkin coloured. It was revered. I take it to Cowra to a 21st. I hit a kangaroo. It's not insured. Mm. I've got no money. He's like, what You're do we broken. do? And, and I had to pay it off. I had to pay it off because I did that. Yeah. But you know what? I should never borrow his car. Yeah. It wasn't made for that. It's just like somebody should have bought his own set of golf clubs, but he borrowed mine. And you know what? <laughs> you got a new six iron coming your way. <laughs> He'll have a repaired six iron coming his way. Last week I spoke about my haunted house and in particular my haunted golf clubs. I've had many <laughs> items in my house, that, including my air conditioner, my fridge and my microwave mm. that have just been really freaking me out. And last week Sarah from Highland Park gave us a call. Yeah, Gold Coast Paranormal Research and Investigation. Oh my God, do you want and- to come to my house? <laughs> If you would like to have us there, we'd love to come. We'll find oh, out what's going on for you. Yes, please. You know, I've been dealing with this since I was four years old. It's sort of just been a natural progression into it as an adult. And what appears to be haunting and spooky to other people is completely normal for me. Well, Sarah, that invitation is strictly open now because I've had more hauntings over the weekend. What's happened? My house has become even more creepy over the weekend. I was watching the TV show called Beef which is a bit of a road rage thing, was watching the TV screen and all of a sudden it just went on to mute. So it took it off the soundbar, off the subwoofer and just onto the TV screen. But The it ghost said it, had a beef. It did. I don't reckon it liked the show, the show I was watching. Because it, it flashed up that it was mute, but the sound wasn't muting. So it was just... I thought there was something wrong with the remote. So I just had enough of that. I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go to bed. This was about 9.30 at night. My anxiety has increased because I'm freaking out that all these things are going weird in my house. Tried to turn it off at the back of the screen, turned it off. As I walked away, it turned back on again. I walked back over. I turned it off at the back of the screen, walked away. It turned itself back on again. I was like, I'm not having this. I'm going to bed. So I switched all the power off, all my Wi-Fi, everything I switched it off. (laughs) 
I thought, okay, well, I'll go to Bunnings and I will get a universal remote because it might be the remote control that's broken. I put, replaced the batteries, wasn't any of that, so I bought a brand new remote. As I was driving home from Bunnings, I have my phone on um, my music plays through my Bluetooth yeah. and the music then stopped and like a phone call was about to come in, so I waited for the call. No phone call came in. It switched off all the audio in my car. It then started playing music through my phone, which was on the seat next to me, and it just gave me the options of radio, so AM, FM. So the ghost the is options. now following you. It has increased. So, so, so it's not just your house now. It's in my car. It's in so your car. it's trying to send me a message, I think. And then the other thing, I when I finished at Bunnings, I put my keys on a book on a table which was far away from the edge of the table as I'm watching beef again because my remote was working. The keys, which were sitting there for about two or three hours, hadn't moved, pushed off the book off the table onto the floor. Oh, she's got a ghost in her house. No, she doesn't. Well, I'm sorry, Lisa. I'd be moving out for the moment. It freaks I, me I, out. I don't blame you. Until we get somebody in there to get rid of these nasty little critters, um, I wouldn't be staying there. All my electronics are just freaking out at the moment. So that's now been my air conditioner, my fridge, my microwave, my golf clubs, mm. the TV, the yep. car, and the radio, keys. and the keys. You know I don't believe in this. I know what you are you going to put it down to? You, I'm not going to put it down to anything. What are you going to say? It's all coincidence? All I'll say. I'm telling you now, I am not sleeping. We're putting, we're getting old mate from Gold Coast. That explains Coast, a lot. Um, Labuster, whatever they're called. Sarah from Highland Park, the psychic. Yeah, the nonsense paranormal. Brigade. But I Let's feel get him to your like, house. Yeah. Get him to investigate. I just need some help. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm getting in a psychic medium because I need some <laughs> to get Jeez. rid of this demon. Jeez. <laughs> all right. So that's what we're doing this week, but are we? calling back Sarah from Highland Park. Okay. We'll expect our call because you'll be All coming right. to my house very Sarah's soon. Sarah's going to go around, waste Liesl's time, money. I will do anything to get a good night's sleep <laughs> so this thing stops moving things around. I like to blame tourists when they come to town, bringing the weather from their home country with them. Right. And we are joined in studio by uh, one of the world's great comedians. But he's come all the way from Ireland and he's brought the Irish weather with him. The one and only Dara O'Brien. Welcome to the Russia. It is a pleasure to be here and I hope you're enjoying the dank and <laughs> it's not even quite rainy enough to be useful. It's just unpleasant and unhelpful rain like this. This is a good day though in Ireland, isn't no, it? This no, is no, no, we do get some. We do yeah. get some, but we, we get a lot of this. We yeah. get a lot of this greyness. The, uh, but also, the guy at the airport who collected me said, oh, it's not rained here for six months. <laughs> and I go, well, <laughs> well I said, hold my beer. Uh, yes. Can I ask you this? You can. Um, <laughs> um, Robbie Williams, we're going to talk to the young lady. She, he got flashed on the weekend out at Ceremony. A beautiful girl from the Gold Coast decided enough's enough. She's lifted it up, mm. given oh, him a look. Okay. I just in your that... in your profession, uh, have you ever had I'm that happen? Any time has ever happened, <laughs> <laughs> or socially, or you know, just you know, on my commute. Uh, no, they've all kept them away. Uh, so no, you don't get. I had a woman once asked me to sign a, a boob. Yeah. Uh, and I said, oh, which one would you like me to sign? Yeah. What do you say? You have a good boob and, and said, a bad boob. She said, yeah. And she said, could you do the right one? Jimmy Carr has already signed the left one. <laughs> uh, and Jimmy Carr wasn't on that night. So she clearly got a signature from Jimmy Carr on one boob and retained it for some mm. period of time. Yeah. And then I, and then you're in a whole awkward, because you want to create a working surface. And it's like, so you, you can't cut it. You, you can't stretch cup, it. You can't cup or like whatever. The, you know, so it's all, oh, I don't think it's the best signature I've ever done. So, uh, <laughs> and, like, and, she's, and she actually said, 
said, I hope you're not getting, you know, excited. And you're going to go, what's the etiquette here? And I can't go, no, I am, I am uninterested in your boob. Uh, this is, you know, this is a dumb But he, but he signed his full name, yeah. like middle yeah. name and everything. Yeah. I made it legally binding. <laughs> <laughs> did she tattoo it after that? But yeah, I mean, it would have been interesting if I, did, I paid the holder uh, 50 pounds and she'd gone to a bank and presented the boob. Uh, I, was like, I mean, legally it's a check. Uh, so, yeah. Dara, talk to us about this tour because you're at the end of it now. Yes. You've experienced Australia as a whole. How do you think we're travelling at the moment? The, uh, no, it's interesting. Yeah, because it's weird. It's uh, you come over here and, and I've, I've been to places, for example, Perth. Perth, I got to on this one. Perth is something I'm really Irish, really Irish, mm. this guy. And I was saying on stage about Perth that on this tour, I've done weird places. Like I've, I did Svalbard in northern Norway. Svalbard is an island four hours north of Norway. You fly from the top of Norway further up. 4,000 people live there. It's like, you know, polar bears outside the towns. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you can't, nothing can grow there. You can't, you're not allowed to give birth or, or die there. You have to, you have to get off so oh. and go and see. Like it's, it's not so set like up for Perth. Yeah. So, you know, the point I said was that people of Svalbard go on about being isolated far less than the people of Perth. <laughs> <laughs> they managed not to mention it in every sentence. And you're kind of going, ah, lads, I mean, there's isolated and there's isolated. Yeah. <laughs> if you meet somebody, I said, from Siberia, don't go, oh, we're I- Perth. Perth is so isolated. We hardly, uh, there's some weeks we don't even fill our 60,000 seater stadium. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not this week, co-player here. Actually, genuinely, this is the thing is, uh, is, is that you have internationally moved out of your you know, outdoorsy, rugged, uh, kind of macho phase, let's call it that way, uh-huh. into your parent of small children phase because your two major cultural exports are Bluey and oh, Lego Masters. Yes. They're the two things that we see loads of. And it's like, <laughs> oh, Australia's all mellowed now. So like, it, was all, it was all, this is a knife. No, this is a knife yeah. for a long time. And now it's like, well, can you build like, a, you know, we're yeah. going to give these bricks. Yeah. Can you, who can you trade thousand bricks in 12 hours? Can you build? Like, that's what you are now. Or, or like, Bluey, his dad is like is irritating to people because he's such a p- good parent like yeah. so well done you've gone straight to well you know Bluey's to... a Brisbane product oh is it and yeah. you know there was a Bluey house yeah. and it's just around the corner so everything's based off Brisbane so if you watch Bluey everything's Brisbane now I do say I'm a, more aware of because I have seven years my youngest so I've pa- right. so, so Bluey hit just after mm-hmm. my thing but I am aware of a million articles about how great Bluey's dad yeah. is yeah so Bluey yeah so Bluey is a is a local production was created here and, and if you Fortitude it, Valley exactly and as, as you ex- Fortitude Valley is, yeah. Yeah. that seems inappropriate <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> my memories of Fortitude Valley are not you know they're the parenting same. Uh, they're the same well, maybe uh, wow, that, yep. wow so if you fun. explain some episodes they go down the coast to visit Nana and Grandad. That's the Gold Coast. And then some. there's an episode where they go along South Bank here. It's all Brisbane-based. Oh, very good. There you I go. Mean, Dara Brint, yeah. go and see this man tonight. He is on at the Brisbane City Hall. The gig's at 8 o'clock. You can still get there. are still a few tickets left. Uh, you can get those through Ticketek. An absolute pleasure to have you join us in studio. It's been a total delight, lads. Thank you very, very much. <laughs> and, and now koalas, I think. Uh, that's my idea. I'm going nice. to very quickly try to see a koala, then rush down and get ready for the gig. Get that's some chlamydia and off to your gig. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Speaking of heroes, I'd like to give my own round of applause for the two lovely ladies that got their breasts out this that is Robbie Williams thanking at the end of his performance at Cirema over the weekend, the, as he called them, two lovely ladies who flashed their breasts at him. It is now my pleasure, our pleasure, to welcome in one of those flashes to the show, Brooke Mills. Brooke, welcome to the Rush Hour. Hello. Brooke. Happy to meet you. Oh, I'm so stoked to talk to you. I'm insanely jealous. I wish I had the chest <laughs> to be able to do that. But, Brooke, you and your sister Carly, did you plan to do this before you went to the concert? No, we didn't plan to do this. 
my mum gave me two things. She gave me a love of Robbie Williams and the best assets out there. Yes, girl. <laughs> I love that. Hey, hey, Brooke, I don't think this is your first rodeo. Where else have you flashed? <laughs> oh, nowhere. No, this is not the norm for us. We were there and it kind of was egged on by Robbie himself. So, you know. He locked eyes. He has his way. Oh, oh. stop. He There's is, something in this because... He's engaging. The, our boss's wife, who works in this office, yeah. told me earlier today that Robbie's now her hall pass. She went to the gig as well, and she's that besotted and swept off her feet by Robbie. Hmm. I mean, he clearly has an impact on the female population, Brooke. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been watching him. So, as I said, my mum's always had a love of Robbie and been watching live at Nebworth since I was like 10, so... Robbie, your mum wasn't there on the weekend, but was she? It wasn't. No, a... she wasn't there. So you reckon that... mum would have got involved? Absolutely, she would have been proud. <laughs> you know how your grandparents always say wear your best underwear because you might be hit by a bus or whatever. Did you have your best bra on? I did have my best bra on always. That's it was, good. It wasn't a full slash, but it was a little shimmy, a little bit of a little peak peekaboo. Yes. Oh, I love that. <laughs> my God. <laughs> My favourite part of this whole chat right now, Brooke, is that Dobbo's never been unsure, less sure of how to proceed with questions. No, I've just got to dance around a few things. Like, so, Don't worry, we danced around it. Yeah. Okay, so, so, Brooke, you went with your two sisters. Am I correct in saying that? Yes. Okay, so only you and uh, only you and Carly decided to to flash. Um, Christy stayed on the sideline. Is that right? That is correct. Okay. So after this happens and then Robbie comes and says congratulations and thank you, what proceeded from there? So we were up on the shoulders. So first things first, Carly got up on my shoulders and I pulled her up and then he um, kind of mentioned something to her. He was like, you know, singing that Let Me Entertain You. Yeah. And out of the crowd, we were the only ones on the shoulders. So we really stood out. And you entertained him. (laughs) <laughs> Next thing happened, so that then we got Carly up a second time, and um, that's when it all transpired. And oh then God. I went up again, and he was throwing t-shirts into the crowd, like he and, needed one. <laughs> <laughs> and he pegged it right at me. So you got a t-shirt. Got a t-shirt. Yeah. Oh, got a t-shirt. Amazing. Got the story, and you walk away with. Uh, uh, a level of celebrity now around Cirame as well. Brooke, I know uh, Robbie's very special. Do you have any plans of anyone else that you would like to show yeah. them your special assets to? <laughs> Definitely not. No. There's not really a list out there for that one. What about Taylor Swift? Oh, Tay Tay. <laughs> well, we, we are going to Taylor oh. Swift. You could show Tay Tay your tartars. <laughs> Definitely. Are you married no. or got a bloke or anything? Um, no, sort of. Oh, Situation. Did, you, did you express to him what was what happened? Like, I just want to know his what his mindset was after this occurred. Oh yeah, he was sweet. <laughs> he would have been stoked with it. Ah, uh, well, Brooke Mills, officially known as uh, one of Robbie Williams' flashes. Thank you so much and giving us a first-hand account of what went down at Cirame Wines over the weekend. Uh, It's a story that is taking southeast Queensland by storm, so congratulations. Yeah, and all I have to say is, you know, go easy on my conscience because it's not my fault. Ah, I love it. We're supporters, mate. I love that Robbie's now got a photographic image in his mind of you (laughs) and takes it home with him. (laughs) Always. Yeah, look, there's a lot uh, that's happened in rugby over the last 48 hours. It all came about when a email was leaked. They were calling for Hamish McLennan's resignation mm-hmm. um, as the chair of the Australian Rugby Union Board. To talk us through it, 
one of Queensland's leading rugby journalists. He has been covering the game of rugby for years. He's a Hall of Famer at Suncorp Stadium, Jim Tucker. In any of your time covering the game of rugby union, have you ever seen it in a more diabolical state? Well, unfortunately I have, but uh, <laughs> we won't go into that. But uh, yeah, this is certainly a watershed moment. The good news, I guess, out of it is there's a full four years till Australia hosts the 2027 Rugby World Cup. So that's more than enough time to get the Titanic raised again and on a steady course. Jim, I'm really interested with the process of Rugby Australia and just how they do things. Like, you know, just even that phone call, you know, someone's been stepping down and someone steps in. It just seems that there is no thought process in the way that they do things. It seems like everything's really rushed, even from Eddie Jones to people stepping down. Is that the way that rugby want to be going in the future? Uh, That's a good question. Uh, Part of it is people only get interested in rugby when there's a big drama or a a big victory in some ways. Queensland Rugby Union Chairman Brett Clark said this has been months coming, uh, over a year, in fact, with discussions about other issues apart from the Eddie Jones drama. Rugby Australia contributes millions of dollars to the super rugby teams, Queensland included, and they've seen none of that for the last uh, couple of years. That's been off the table. And Queensland's been crying out, as I said, for money to prevent the leakage of players to rugby league. Uh, There's uh, so many rugby league connected players now in first 15s around Brisbane and uh, in state schools as well. And rugby just hasn't had a fighting fund, even though they've been pleading for the money. So it's issues apart from uh, the World Cup and apart from Eddie Jones, and it has been more ongoing. But certainly this has been a volcanic weekend and no one really saw this uh, drama happening uh, even five days ago. So where to now? Uh, There was talk that uh, Hamish had the backing of some very powerful people and he was going to get some funding um, for this fighting fund. Does Daniel Herbert have those same sort of contacts and can rugby survive? One of the points that Brett Clark, uh, the QAU chairman, made was that uh, Hamish McLennan as chairman, uh, he's at the board, he should be looking after board business and perhaps not with the same sort of megaphone in the public uh, domain where... Chief Executive Phil War, another Wallaby, should be uh, more overt and have his own uh, airspace. The question you raise is, is a good one, and uh, Daniel Herbert made the point, a very good one, no one pays good money to watch a bad movie, and that's what the Wallabies <laughs> have been for a good stretch of time. So what's next? Daniel Herbert said, OK, we have to appoint a high-performance director first of all because we worked out the, the silver bullet of employing a new coach just doesn't work. You've got to set the structures underneath. There's got to be another level of rugby. So between club footy and super rugby, uh, Richie Mwanga has played something like 100 first-class games before his first all-black test. Noah Lolasio in Australia played 20. So they're just not getting the volume of games. And you can see that in guys, good players like Carter Gordon. He's playing for the Wallabies as their chief flag waver at number 10, and he's only played a handful of first-class games. All right, Jim. So we've now got a chief executive in Phil War, who was a member of that 99 World Cup winning squad. Now we've got Dan Herbert as the chair of Australian Rugby Union. Do you think they'll complete the Holy Trinity and appoint Steve Larkham as the next coach of the Wallabies? That's a really good connection. I think Steve Larkham is the standout contender. They've got to go Aussie. They've got to have someone with the background. Steve's put his hand up. He's been in the Australian dressing room for over 100 tests as a player. He's been there as an assistant coach. He's learned overseas. So he's got the resume and he's got the the will to do it 
plus he's got gravitas. So I think he can get the Australian public uh, behind them. Well, he's hoping you, Jim, you are leading the front to write about the uh, the resurrection of rugby in this country. Jim Tucker, one of Queensland's greatest to cover the game. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your insight. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Thanks, Liam. I've got a new job and something I need to learn over the summer. So when we finish up here on the job, mm. I'm going to learn how to whip a snipper because <laughs> I went to the big green shed. On Sunday morning, I yeah. braved it out at 10 a.m. with every every other lost soul in there, starting over everything, fans and Christmas lights, there's kids screaming. It's not a great time to be at Bunnings. Bunnings, you've got to go early, mate. I know. I go did my Pilates six. class and I went afterwards and I thought, this is a terrible time to go. It's That's peak hour. It is 10 peak o'clock hour. is peak hour. you just got to get a sausage. And sausage say, smelt so good. That's it. And go in there. That's, that's what you do. You just I go just, early. Why do people take their kids and their dogs? They just don't need to be because there. Go you in, know why? Get out. Because wives say, get them outside to yeah. the husbands. And the husbands go, what can I do to kill some time? Bunnings. But then I thought maybe the wife should go to Bunnings and leave the dad at that home with the kids. Sense. That would make more like, sense. Like, there you a... go. Stay there. Uh, I'm going to Bunnings. I, yes. But I've walked you through, I've walked you both through my theory that Bunnings is a great creche. It's a babysitter. Oh, because well, my Bunnings, my local in Burley, they offer the kids activities kids between activities 10 and there. 11. Yeah. You dump the kids in there or in the playground for a bit and you wander the aisles. It's well, wonderful. as adults, can you do those classes? <sighs> Oh, I'm sure you could. It's probably, probably not encouraged. <laughs> so you've gone and bought yourself a whipper snipper. I did. I went there. I was very nervous. I did a lot of research before I went there. Um, there was a man in the aisle helping someone else, but I was like, you know what? I got this. I'm in charge here. Oh. So I decided to go electric whipper snipper, not the petrol, because I'm oh. in an enclosed area, which is quite small, and there is a baby that's a couple of floors up for sure. me. So I didn't want to be using a big okay. noisy petrol whipper snipper. I bought a Ryobi. It is bloody great. You're already into it. Oh, I loved it. It was so good, like really satisfying. Mm. Charged up the battery, couldn't wait to use it, put it all together. There's a screw that I couldn't get in there, so hopefully the guard doesn't come off, but that's okay. Oh, jeez, <laughs> it was good. About. I'm, I'm going to stop. It was Jones. so good. <laughs> Congratulations on buying a whippersnipper. My, my, my grief is only an hour ago we were talking about these wretched ghosts in your house. Yeah. Stuff the baby next door, mate. Get a petrol and wing, 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 oh. and try and whip a snipper them out of there, mate. Oh. Noise. Noise scares ghosts. Fumigate the ghosts. Yeah, get them out, That's mate. That's a great idea. Yeah. Well, I think the only thing that should be scared was my grass because it took a few divots out. <laughs> oh, so that's what you're going to be practicing over the break. Yes, I need mm-hmm. to. I just need to get my edging right. There's a few divots in uh, there, but practice. it was hugely satisfying. You equally, I, Liam. Well, as, as we welcome you into the electric... Uh, uh, accessory family, I officially say goodbye to it. Okay. Because over the weekend, I said goodbye to my electric mower. Yeah. And good riddance. Okay. Good riddance to bad rubbish. I think I did warn you this. You did. I think I did you warn you. Did. Uh, you both did. I did, In yes, fairness, when, yes. I, when I told you that uh, the people we bought the house from had left their electric mower behind, you both scoffed and said, that'll never get through your lawn. You were both right. Yeah. And finally, one of the batteries carked it and I spent most of Saturday morning scouring Facebook Marketplace, doing my research. I, I locked it down, and then I found a woman in Narang who was offloading a Honda mower, what I've come to Beautiful. consider the uh, the golden compass of the second-hand mower market. Sure. If there's uh, one brand or one country that is really good at mowing, it's Japan. There you go. It? Famously, the bonsai <laughs> so tree. so much grass. Are they Japanese? I don't know. Anyway, bonsai the point is remains. Japanese, yes. uh, the, I, she wanted three fifty. I offered two fifty. We settled it at two eighty. Good on you. I picked it up, took it home, went to start it, didn't work, and thought I've been stitched up by this woman. Oh, no. Oh, no.
God. Turns out I now understand with the petrol, you need to hold the, the choke. Yeah, the choke down. Yeah. Anyway. And also, tr- they're so much more fun with a petrol mower because it doesn't start the first time every time. Well, and yeah, this, this one's self-propelled. Yeah. So when you put the little levers down, it marches forward. And it's, it's, I'm, living in the, I'm living in the future now with this thing. Anyway, wow. so come around and check it. You can come around and practice your edging at oh, my house over okay. the break. Why don't you sure? come to my yard? You can both do my yard, practice all you want. No, you've got nice grass. I yeah. wouldn't want to ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> come and stuff up my own. We've got to get out of here. Chance to win your way to the Brisbane International on the show tomorrow. Again, Lisa Jones. Ciao for now. Dubbo. Farewell, my neighbours. We'll see you tomorrow at 4pm. This is Triple M's Rush Hour with Lisa Jones, Liam and Dobbo.